somebody had a uh, birthday shower and they asked for me and my wife and kids to go. And it was it was at the baby shower where, you know, it was some stuff going on that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily partake in. Um, but I was, we stayed there the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. And then some of them was like, y'all really, y'all better stop that because past over here. <laughs> but I was like, no, you know what it is. And then somebody was like, you know what? He really loved his community. Mm. As they say, they say, you know, he really loved his community. Mm. And um, it just was like, from that, so they, they've seen me grow up mm-hmm. to some degree. Welcome to another episode of Around the Block, a podcast of the Creek Collective. I am Thabiti Anyabwile, but you can call me Pastor T. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Pastor Jeremy McLean. Jeremy is the pastor of Mercy of Christ Fellowship Church in Washington, D.C. They serve the Deanwood and Lincoln Heights neighborhoods of Northeast D.C., Ward 7. And they serve in a community much like my own with the same kinds of ambitions and hopes that we have. But serving in a neglected and vulnerable black and brown neighborhood that's marked often by tragedy requires that we, well, that we're equipped to do that work. And that's what we talk about with Jeremy today, how it is that he shows up for this work and the kinds of things that he needs to do to engage tragedy. And as we talked, he really talks mostly about not so much strategies as posture, that he's in the community as an intercessor, that he is there attempting to leverage his privilege on behalf of the community, and that he's just trying to be fully present. That's harder than it sounds, and uh, I can't think of anybody better to learn from than my brother, Jeremy McLean. So lean in with us as we continue our conversation. Jeremy, thanks for sticking around and talking with me some more, brother. Um, one of the things I think that marks it's sort of a common experience in, in our communities mm-hmm. is tragedy. Yes. You know, um, and those could be tragedies from automobile accidents, something as commonplace as that, or something in our neighborhood that may be common in ours, but not others be tragedies related to gun violence, gun death, things of that sort. And so we have to shepherd uh, our people mm-hmm. through those things when our people are touched by it. And in some ways we have to shepherd a community, right? That's that's touched by it. Yeah. And we have to sort of minister in a context, right? That's, that's marked by it. So um, want to know how you think about that, how you think about, and we can break it out in those, in those levels, you know, how you think about shepherding, the members of Mercy of Christ, mm-hmm. how you engage, secondly, the broader community around those issues, and how that context informs your ministry and the shape of your ministry and the kinds of things that your church maybe provides or gets involved in in that way. I actually start with the, the, broad, the broader context okay, in the neighborhood. Yeah, so we've had a... Um, <clears throat> I've known a couple of families recently who have had... Um, the loss of loved ones due to gun violence. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, not members of the church, um, maybe Christian, may may, may not. Um, so so what I see as my role in 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 that in those lives is kind of more more like a um, an intercessor. Okay. So so I'm not their pastor, mm-hmm. but we're, we're definitely called to be intercessors. Mm-hmm. And I try to inter, I try to intercede for them, uh, definitely in prayer. And so. Um, reaching out to them regularly to pray. Mm-hmm. And I also try to um, leverage some of the privilege or resources that I have. Mm-hmm. Again, I know I'm in a community that's that's under-resourced, uh, by God, but by God's grace, um, I have friends in the Washington, D.C. area mm-hmm. whom I went to church with in other areas and, and, and other reasons, whether they become friends or whatnot, um, who have money. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, if, if you know me, you know, I, I, I probably should do more fundraising, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't do too much fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment that we've had two happy people killed, you know what I'm saying? Young man killed. Um, I immediately started to fundraise and not for us though, yeah. but try to leverage the resource that I have for them. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to raise a couple tens of thousands for both of those families. Mm-hmm. We were able to get churches for the funeral where they didn't have to pay for the churches for the funeral. And I was able to do uh, one of the funerals. And so I, I think it's like interceding for them, uh, leveraging resources that I have um, through different partners for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also just just being, being near them and just being present, mm-hmm. just being present. And and that's kind of what I want our church to, how I want our church to engage it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, whenever there's a vigil uh, in the community, uh, early early on, I would uh, I would go and and definitely I would try and take some people mm-hmm. from our church, mm-hmm. some of the, definitely some of the young men from our church um, to the vigil mm-hmm. uh, for us to just be there and um, and praying in silence while everything is going on around us. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, looking around, seeing who who we could possibly talk to, and just kind of just say hello, we see you, praying mm-hmm. for you. Um, and so, I, I want our church. I'm trying to get our church to, to be present in those situations. Uh, again, to use any resources that we have. And so, as a church, not only do uh, we ask for other churches to give, but as our church, we definitely give to those uh, those families who've gone through tragedy. Um, and then. Uh, as a, as a church, we also take time to lament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, during one service, um, I, uh, we actually, I read the obituary for a young man mm-hmm. who had been killed mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a time of lament. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew this young man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying, this is what's going on in our community. And, and, and we need to lament. Even if we don't know them, we still need to lament. Uh, and so uh, just having times of lament and and um and also just having us uh for a season just just making sure that we think rightly about um justice and um the victim and everything else uh, because one we desire for the perpetrator who person who did the crime mm-hmm to be saved, mm-hmm. uh, we do. And so we pray for their salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also desire 
for uh, the person who did the crime to be brought to justice. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we also pray that um, that they that they would turn themselves in or that somehow they would get caught. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then we pray for the family and we ask that God would comfort them. Mm -hmm. And then we pray for the the police department and other ways, you know what I'm saying? And so because because um, I think before I was very quick to and Lord and I'm still quick to pray like, and I pray for the salvation of the person who did this, mm -hmm. right? And we should do that. But uh, but I was forgetting about the victim mm -hmm. and the victim's family mm -hmm. and the need for justice. That's right. Um, and so now I began to pray, kind of more uh, pray like, Lord, bring that person to justice mm -hmm. and let them serve the appropriate time should they be guilty, they serve the appropriate time. Mm -hmm. And let that be a, a means of explain your justice, a means of comfort for the family. Because mm -hmm. there's so many, there's so many um unsolved murders in Washington, DC. And 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 the families that I've done the, the vigil for, or uh, just just two weeks ago, I, I I did a balloon release uh for a young lady who was murdered. And uh they asked, they called me up to pray and to uh to help facilitate and then lead the balloon release. Um, but they still haven't still haven't found that, the person who did that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just heart-wrenching. And so just to, we're asking, Lord, bring justice for the comfort of the family mm -hmm. as you also, and as we also ask that you would comfort them with your spirit and, and with the gospel. Mm -hmm. and so just trying to think about those ways and, and uh, interacting with the community and also kind of with our church and kind of leading us in that direction. Oh, that's good. So intercession, mm -hmm. presence, and things like vigils, mm -hmm. um, Fundraising, yeah, you know, leveraging your privilege mm -hmm. in in that way, um, lamenting in the public worship, yeah, of the congregation, um, and things of that sort. Man, that's 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 fantastic. And let me pull the string on a couple of things there that you you mentioned um, with like the vigils. Mm -hmm. Are there other kind of community rituals that themselves, um, you know, bring the community together in tragedy? Maybe as a time of lamenting, uh, things of that sort. Are there other kind of rituals that um, are on your radar that you think of as a way of um, shepherding, caring for, interacting with the community when it's suffering? Mm -hmm. uh, as far as within the community, the main two are uh, the vigils that happen immediately afterwards, a mm -hmm. candlelight vigil, and right. and sometimes there'll be some some um, some new the news the press there definitely mm -hmm. got uh, police will be present just to make sure no retaliation occurs, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then the family is there and and everybody is really pretty much it's kind of a pre funeral, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they are kind of it's a pre funeral. So what they're doing is one in that particular visual, they're trying to raise awareness about yeah. murders yeah. Uh, and violence, and it's, yeah. a, it's a large call for to stop the violence. That's right. Um, and then you have families out there who also are saying um, their goodbyes and and doing other things yeah. um, like that. Uh, so it's the visuals, and then there's this kind of a every like birthday, mm -hmm. uh, there's like a balloon release. Yeah. Um, Again, to remember the person. So that's what we did a couple of weeks ago. I, I read, I, I reread the the eulogy, um, the obituary, and mm -hmm. then um, I asked some people to sh to share some things, and then we had a balloon release. Amen. 
Um, and so those are the main things mm-hmm. I think that that I know of in the community that's done during around those times. Amen. And I think it's important for pastors and churches who are coming into communities, trying to get established in the communities, to kind of sort of to know what are the rituals, to know what are the practices of the community itself for dealing with trauma, dealing with tragedy, dealing with loss, et cetera, and to, and to be a part of the community, mm-hmm. you know, in participating in those things, man. Yeah. 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 The, the other string I wanted to pull on a little bit was I'm struck by, I've never thought to do this, um, and I might, I might just take this page right out of your book, but um, you're reading the obituary to the congregation of a young person that whose life was cut short, who had no connection to the congregation. Yeah. Right. In, in your experience, does that does that bring the congregation closer to the community? What's what's the effect of something like that on the hearts of the church mm-hmm. toward the community, toward individuals, et cetera? Yeah. Um, well, you know, by God's grace, our our church. Um, has a heart for the community. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so they are aware and they're grieving already. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so when, whenever things occur, people are texting each other, praying for each other, teardrops. I mean, so so I, I don't have to do much uh, to kind of get our church to care about what's going Praise on. God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just, I, the reason why I, I did that is, is for us just to be, a, for, to remind us um, while we're here, mm. Mm. right? Um, so they know what's going on. Mm. Okay, so why are we here? What, what is our role mm-hmm. in this? Mm-hmm. Um, it's to pray, it's to preach the gospel, it's to it's to serve the best as we can, to give resources that we talked about. Um, and so just a reminder, like, yo, this is this is one of the reasons why God planted us in this community. Mm-hmm. That was that was my one of my reasons Amen. for doing it. Amen. Why are we here? That's a question that pastors and people will ask themselves when they think about serving in difficult settings. Why are we here? And when we face the onslaught of tragedy from violence or drug addiction or just the ongoing problems created by poverty itself, it's easy to get worn out and to ask ourselves, why are we here? And one of the things I appreciate about Pastor Jeremy is his ability to keep that question and the answer to that question in front of his people in unique ways. And so listen here as he continues on that theme of why are we here? Because as planters and pastors, part of our task is to give our people effective, gentle, and sometimes challenging reminders about why exactly God has called us where he's called us. And, and if your people were unpacking their answer to that question, why are we here? What 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 would they say? How would they answer that question? Uh, hope they <laughs> say. We're great on the curve, brother. We're great on the curve. Um, 
No, I mean, I think they'll say to, to, to be salt and light in a community mm-hmm. and, and spread the aroma of Christ mm-hmm. and to do that and, uh, and preach the gospel and, and, and then serve in the community. And that's exactly what, what they're doing. No, that's that's exactly, exactly what we're doing by God's grace. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and the reading of an obituary, it seems like it would add some urgency to that. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. So we, we, we're here on the a desire. clock. Yes. You know, in that way. And, and need to, we need to press in. Yes. You know, with, with empathy and urgency. Yes. In that way. Yes. Yeah. Because it's so easy for it to, to get used to it. That's right. That's right. And, and for not to matter or yeah. it's just common. Right. And then if you don't live in a community, it's just so easy to, for it to be out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. You know that's saying? right. So, just want to make sure that neither of those happen. That's good, man. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, we we talk a bit about the distinction between something being common versus it being natural, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, some of these things are commonly happening in our neighborhood. Yeah, but they're not natural, right? Yeah. So we shouldn't ignore them, right? And we shouldn't adjust to them like they're normal, right? Right, and right. we should keep having our heart broken. Yeah. about it and and keep trying to lean into being faithfully present yeah um so that again we might we might have some impact before those things mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Amen. and you know being at the the vigils um and uh and other you know you know other areas where this is, this, this might happen um i think it's important for us to communicate whether it's verbally or into our demeanor um, a proper level of this is not supposed to be, it's not supposed to be this way. That's right. It's not supposed to be this way. That's right. So I was at a vigil uh, of a young man um, who got killed in DC and I knew his family. I knew him really well. Mm-hmm. I knew his sister and his mother really well. And um, I, I talked to her at the vigil and I was like, Oh, what's up, what's up? and I said, I'm so sorry. Cause she had just lost her father to drug addiction, mm-hmm. a drug overdose mm-hmm. a couple months. This is prior. the sister. Yeah. Okay. A, a young girl. She, so the sister had lost her brother to gun violence and lost her father to a drug overdose mm-hmm. a couple months prior. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm just so sorry that this happened. Um, and we had the vision. Everybody around us is, you know, they got the music up and they whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she said, yeah, Mr. Jeremy, you know, this is what it is. And I said, no, it's not. It's not supposed to be this way. It's not. This is not how it is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And just trying to get. And so our presence at these places, hopefully, should we should reflect like, yo, this is not. This should not be the norm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it, it. We all will die one day, and we will have to uh, have a whole an account before the Lord and the case. But to die in such a tragic way. Mm. Uh, through gun violence and other things is not something that we should get used to. Mm, amen. amen. And this definitely should not be a cause for a party right now at the vigil. Amen. Amen. One question before we turn to think about shepherding your actual members. Yeah. These things are happening in the life of our communities, right? Um, and one would think that they would then have some impact on the shape of our ministries. Have you found that to be true? Have you, in other words, are there particular sort of ministries or resources or things of that sort that you feel like you need to gather or develop or use yeah. uh, in the context in that way? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it definitely, um, as far as like resources and just knowing the community, 
um, just definitely being aware of what or, what different organizations offer mm-hmm. um, to whatever the event might be, whether it's a drug use or violence or abuse or whatever the case, just mm-hmm. knowing the landscape of, of like, what does the police department offer? What are the other uh, government organizations and nonprofits? What are they doing? And how can we kind of point people in that direction? And how can we partner with them? Right. So, so knowing, knowing that also, particularly in our community, for us, um, we have started this, we work with, we do some of the direct ministries. And right now we're focusing on violence. Um, and so we are trying to get some of the youth to think about how they could take part in reducing violence mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and many of our members are a part of this, you know, program that we're trying to do. They volunteer, you mm-hmm. know, and so we're trying to do violence prevention through kind of talking to the youth and other things, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've also done a, a, a drug addiction workshop. And so we've had one of our partner churches send up a counselor. We also had another community organization in DC uh, that that knows a lot about addiction. They've come and done a workshop for our church mm-hmm. to know uh, about the drug use in the community, to know the stages of addiction and recovery, to know where we could point people to, to know to teach people how they could use the Narcan and everything else. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, and so we're doing those things because that's the context that we're in. Context. Determines ministry yeah. in so many ways in terms yeah. of how you have to be resourced. And it also, I'm sorry, it also affects my sermon application. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so in sermon application, I'm, I'm, um, I'm definitely thinking about some of the, some of the, you know, social ills of our community, mm-hmm. um, and thinking how can we address it, and then also those who are those who are affected by it. Mm-hmm. You know, saying so mm-hmm. how how are they to, to look at this through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of God's providence. Um, guys care for us and everything else. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I know that you've also been involved in things like anti-violence peace walks and yeah. things of that sort. Yeah. Um, it, anything you'd want to say about that kind of activity as well? Yeah. I mean, they're good. I mean, so as far as, uh, I, I would just say, wherever you can partner with your community to combat some of the problems in the community, uh, do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure that uh, it doesn't compromise. Your presence does not compromise the witness of the gospel. That's good. That's, that's, that's good. what I would say. So wherever you can, plug in. Amen. Um, but if it seems like, oh, people may have a different view about Christ if you walk, if you do this walk, or a different view about the gospel because of who else is doing this or who's leading it, mm-hmm. then just use wisdom and discernment, and you may have to not do it or just do your own. That's good. And so you know how ARC and Mercy of Christ partnered together to do a march, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during that time. Yeah. Um, and so even if you can't find another organization or group to do it with, then you may consider doing it, your, doing it yourself. Amen. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. So sometimes these things actually touch members in the church, mm-hmm. right? They're not things out there, but they also become things inside the family of God. Yeah. Um, how, how does your ministry internal to the membership, how does it differ or if it differs um, than some of the things you talked about in serving the community? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd imagine it doesn't, I don't know if it differs, Okay. but um, I would say that because there is a, well, first of all, have you had much that's 
sort of impacted the the membership of the church more directly? More directly meaning that, that do I know people who have yeah, if you got a member who's lost a loved one or a member themselves that's been lost through some kind of tragedy or violence or things of that sort mm-hmm. have you guys been touched the membership been touched more directly in that way no i mean so we've had not necessarily gun violence so so friends because mm-hmm. a couple of our members have deep roots in the community are also friends so right. they know the individuals some of them were at the same vigils that I was at yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. um, and so it, it affected them that way mm-hmm. the same way it has affected me mm-hmm. um, and then we've had um, yeah, one of our members son been shot mm-hmm. uh, shot recently like last year or whatnot mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and so so it has affected us I think as far as how I'm trying to shepherd our church is, uh, I'm just want, I just want to make sure, even though the, everything that's going on around us in the community is really hard, it's really difficult, it can be really dark. I do need to make sure that the members do not feel like just um, like they're not cared for, or like they're just pawns for like the pastor really doesn't care about us. He really just cares about Lincoln Heights, and he just wants us to affect Lincoln Heights. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the Lord really doesn't care about us. He yeah. just wants us to go and die for Lincoln Heights. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I want them to know, like, no, as your pastor, I do care about you. That's right. And the Lord cares about you also. Amen. And, and so there may be times where you shouldn't go out mm-hmm. and serve, where mm-hmm. you need to get some rest. Maybe we just need to do something here um, and not kind of press our and extend ourselves so much in this particular season. So just making sure that our church is still strengthened in Christ and that um, they don't feel used but loved um, as we as we are mission together. That's good because in the same way that as a pastor, you're not a social worker or a social service provider. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to turn them into frontline right. social service providers either. There's, yeah. there's a people there, a family there that right. you're trying to nurture. So maybe this is a good question to end on then. Uh, how do you how do you keep yourself hopeful in the midst of many things that could cause despair and and keep your people hopeful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at a um, a neighborhood talk about redevelopment, and somebody was like, "This neighborhood is never going to change." And I was sitting there, and uh, she asked, and I was telling them, "I think it can." Mm-hmm. And then she asked me, "Why do you think that?" And I said, "Well, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. and I think Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus Christ can rise from the grave, then He can do anything Amen. by His power." Mm-hmm. And so I. Knowing the power of Christ, what he has done on the cross and resurrection and reconciling people to himself, mm-hmm. I know that he could bring reconciliation to this community. Amen. Um, and I know that he loves to save the lost. Amen. Um, and so it's knowing the heart of God, knowing the power of God that kind of keeps our, our church going. That's good. Yeah. Resurrection. The resurrection is the last word on hope, brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's the last word on hope, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your years at ARC helping to to plant this church. And Mm -hmm. you're the best pastor we ever had. Everybody, Mm -hmm. like, can we get Jeremy back and you go somewhere else? We miss you, you, brother. And we're so grateful for your work at Mercy of Christ and all our our family at Mercy of Christ. Likewise, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for being a wonderful mentor and brother in Christ. Good to job, bro. Likewise. I can't think of a better note to end on than on the note of hope. 
And Jeremy's absolutely right. Because of the resurrection, because Jesus got up, because he defeated the grave, he's defeated sin, he's defeated death, he's defeated Satan, he's defeated all of our adversaries. He'll even conquer our own hearts and our own fearful minds. Because he is victorious, we have every reason to hope. And it's that hope that helps us to face the hard things in our community, uh, like tragedy, death, gun violence, addiction. These are serious things, and they turn some people away. Uh, But we ought to be people who have the comfort of the scriptures so that we might endure with hope. And I pray as you labor wherever the Lord has called you, that he would enable you to labor with hope, uh, because we know that Christ has risen and that he's coming again and that he's bringing a, a kingdom that is eternal. That's our hope. We pray that we're able to pass it on to others. Thanks for joining us on Around the Block. Tune in next time as we continue to think about the gospel ecology of our neighborhoods and to think about how it is God's people can do God's work, God's way uh, in places that are often neglected. God bless. God bless.